grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. wondered why some partners leave us cold in bed and others we click with instantly and they become our sexual napalm? There's a saying that if we all had the same type of personality, the world would be a very boring place and never a truer word was spoken. Tonight, I'd like to ask you to apply that same philosophy to our sexuality, an intrinsic part of all of us with preferences, traits and kinks as wide and varied as the personality types amongst us. We're quick to espouse our inclusive and non-judgmental nature in accepting our friends, family and colleagues just as they are. But tonight, I'm going to challenge you all to expand that thinking to sexual preferences and arrangements. Tonight, I'll be chatting to Mark and Rachel, a couple who engage in threesomes to augment their loving and committed relationship, and Rose, who is a guest star in that threesome dynamic. Their experiences and their philosophies on experimenting with this side of their sexualities may intrigue you, so stay tuned for that. Once again, we have the queen of Newcastle drag, Timberlina, in to answer your most pressing sex and relationship questions. Nikki from Flirt Adult Store will be along with our sex toy of the week in Quickie with Nikki. And Gabrielle, our resident sex and relationships therapist, will be delving into the pitfalls of internet dating. It's a jam-packed hour of power. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. It's time for this week's Lipstick After Dark. Fancy a quickie? Nikki from Flirt Adult Store joins us with this week's hot sex toy tip on Quickie with Nikki on After Dark. In our overly scheduled, busy world, who doesn't love a good quickie? Here to give us the tea on the best sex toys in town is Nikki from Flirt Adult Store. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark, Nikki. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Always a pleasure. Okay, so what are we talking about this week? Today we are talking about cock rings. Why, what about them, how they work, and why every single person and couple should have them. Excellent. I'm intrigued. So what is the purpose of a cock ring? So first and foremost, the purpose of a cock ring is to be placed around the base of the penis shaft. And it is a device that is quite small and tight and it is pretty much there just to keep the blood in and helping maintain that erection. Right. Well, that looks like it would work for everybody involved, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're definitely great. So they also have a, because they are quite tight, they also have a numbing effect and that can also be a bonus because if your partner does finish a little earlier than you, which sometimes happens, it can also cause them to be a little bit desensitized and then they are able to slow down. Well, that seems like it has its advantages. So my question is, obviously the cock ring comes in different sizes. I would assume that fitting the cock ring in-store would be a little bit of a challenge. So if we were looking to buy a cock ring, how would we go about fitting that? So with cock rings, there's normally small, medium and large. And we just ask the questions of, you know, what size roughly are we looking at fitting? Did you want it to be a little bit more tighter? So normally, um, 
you know, if they've got anything over the, you know, a nine inch cock, they're obviously going to have the largest one possible. Um, but most people will just generally take the tightest one, which is the smallest one, because they really want to keep that penis hard. So they're really easy to fit. Now, there are certain, there are different types of cock rings, aren't there? Oh, yeah. So you've got your four basic cock rings. You've got your silicon round ring, which everyone obviously knows of. Then you've got a lasso style ring, which is a device that has a little pulley attachment. So you can lasso it around and really restrain. You could pop it around your pinky. That's how small you can get them. So they're for people who really um, need that extra restriction. And then you've got your metal rings and they are not flexible. They're just a metal ring that goes around the base of the penis. And then you have vibration, which is good for everybody. I personally love the vibrating ones because um, I get a little something from it. Talk us through how that works. So the vibrating cock ring. So it has a uh, vibrating attachment to it. Yeah. So they have a little bullet. Sometimes they are removable so you can recharge them, clean them and change the batteries if needed. Uh, If you forgot to charge your own bullet, ladies, you could take it out of the vibrating Yeah. I've nicked one many times. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, you could do that if... uh, Definitely. They're very much a two-in-one toy. So they're not only a cock ring for couples to use, but they're also a great solo masturbation toy for both men and women because the bullet does come out on some of them so the girl can use it on the clitoris and the man can turn it around and have it underneath and hitting on his balls. But they're great. They just add that little bit of something extra to sex. So um, if you're like me and a clitoral girl, I don't get much from internal. I absolutely love having sex. It's great. I love the feeling, but it doesn't make me orgasm. So with a cock ring on my partner, I can have that orgasm together with him because it does stimulate the clitoris. That sounds like a win-win for everybody Oh, they're fantastic. So if we wanted to enhance our sexual prowess and stay power, uh, cock rings are a good way to do that yes oh definitely yep mm. and you would and then, probably recommend starting with a silicon or a latex i would assume. yeah definitely definitely start just basic see how it goes because sometimes the restriction feeling isn't for everybody because it is almost like having a rubber band around your finger it is quite tight it will keep the blood there and it can be uncomfortable for some people so we always say start small start basic um and just get a plain rubber bring and see how that goes. And then if you enjoy that and it works, add your vibration or you can go to a lasso style. But they're really fun because they're not only for the bedroom. You can actually pop it on your partner, go out for lunch. And if you've got an app controlled one, you can actually sit there controlling it on your phone while he's having a little bit of a ball massage. And um, it's a little bit of fun. You can kind of use them outside of the bedroom now because it's not just um, in the bedroom there's app controlled toys, which are taking over the world. So you can have all this fun with your partner. Like you couldn't 10 years ago. It's fantastic. That sounds like an awesome idea for lunch. Definitely. (laughs) It's my kind of lunch. I love it. That was the quickie with Nikki on cock rings. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. 
It's that time of the week again here on Lipstick After Dark where we welcome back the queen of Newcastle drag, Timberlina. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, always awesome. And it's so wonderful to see your face. It makes my week every Thursday. Yay. Okay, so we have listener questions once again. Always interesting. You never know what you're going to get. And I don't brief you before we go on air. So I know it's so scary sometimes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the first one. Dear Timberlina, I've been with my fiancé for the last five years. I'm really worried that she's cheating on me and I don't know what to do. She's in advertising and she has a friendly relationship with a co-worker who is married with kids. A while back, she and this co-worker went down to Sydney to meet a new client for their agency. While I was reading my newspaper the next morning on her iPad, <laughs> mistake, yeah. I was surprised by a text from the co-worker. It said, last night will never happen again. Don't tell. I asked her about it and she said that they'd been drinking, he tried to crawl into bed with her and she kicked him out and that nothing happened. Later that week I was on her iPad to look for an email. I opened the email app to find an email between them from last October with her saying they can still be friends if it remains platonic. I decided to look at her text messages, it's a rabbit hole and found that they talk on occasion. No smoking gun information found but occasionally he makes flirty comments. I've confronted her about it and she is the love of my life, but I'm afraid I'm being made a fool of. Best chance of cheating in Chisholm. Whoa, what a mess. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, um, oh, oh, I would, um, run. <laughs> yeah. That's all I I feel like if she's denying it, but you don't feel like it's satisfying enough for her answers, obviously there's a trust issue gone and I think it's it's gone too far now. Like I think Yeah. Here's the thing that I feel with technology is that if you feel the need to look at your partner's phone, there's a problem. But then the flip side of that is is that if you can't hand over your phone to your partner if they ever ask there's also a problem. Yeah. I guess it's like it comes down to trust. And like if you've lost that trust, then that's the main component of a relationship. One would think, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like run, 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 run. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. It's a, that's one. That was a lot <laughs> <laughs> to take on. And a lot of um, messages and stuff. Yeah, I think it's time to maybe move on from that relationship because I think the trust has been and gone. Yeah, I think you could be right there, Timberlina. Uh, sound advice. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, cheating in Chisholm, uh, start looking for other rental properties. That's yes. our <laughs> advice here on Lipstick After Dark. Okay, next one. Dear Timberlina, last year I was seeing a guy casually. We stopped hooking up around October as he wasn't looking for a relationship with me and I felt that I deserved better. Good girl. Since then, I have met one of his good mates and we hit it off instantly. He's funny and attentive and someone I could see myself dating. Because of his friendship with the guy I was hooking up with, though, I'm a bit hesitant. Is it okay? Should I make a move? Torn in Toronto. Um, uh, yes, make a move. I mean, if you're getting the dick, get the dick, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. I mean, like, 
one, there's nothing obviously left with that past guy that you're hooking up with, so... And, and it's Newcastle. Like, everyone knows everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Like, far out. I mean, get it. Yeah. Get it. Go for it. If there's sparks there, that's what you want. Like, if there's no sparks, then obviously don't go there, but there's sparks and stuff's happening, so 100% go with it, girl. Yeah. And I just sort of think, you know, like, oh, mate, from October, um, you so know... you lose. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Didn't lock it down. Unlucky. And I mean, if there's there's a bro code, like, I don't know about it. Well, you're asking a drag queen and a a female, so we don't know about bro code. uh, Nor do we care. Nor do we care. And that's our opinion, is that, you know, you you go for happiness, girl. Yeah. yeah. And the dick, as you say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. This is just um, so enlightening every week. It is. <laughs> oh, I love it. I feel like I feel like half of this, this segment is just us cracking up at each other because we're just so funny. <laughs> okay, last one. Ooh, okay, this is a bit juicy. Ooh. This is juicy. Ooh. Timberlina with an exclamation point. Oh, wow. <laughs> Needs help, clearly. Um I'm kind of kinky in bed, but I'm also in a new relationship. I sometimes worry that if I get too dirty, my guy won't respect me or think I'm too hoary. <laughs> I don't want to drift into sexual object territory. I feel like he likes it, but he's a little shy afterwards. I'm worried I'm scaring him. Kinky in Katara. Wow, kinky in Katara. I feel like he likes it, obviously. But maybe, like, once the whole experience is over, he's worried that you think the same about him. Yeah. Look, I feel like I need a bit more information. I mean, define, define kinky. What level are we going yeah. to here? But let's just say, let's just say it's a, yeah, a normal amount of kink. If there is such a thing, I think that's a juxtaposition. But yeah. I move on. So, you know, if it's a normal amount of kink, and, and, you know, we are kind of programmed, aren't we, that we need to be, I mean, I I remember asking uh, my grandmother about contraception and she said, say no. Um, (laughs) So... That's not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. I feel like she's up there so proud that I'm doing this show. Yeah, <laughs> so proud. So proud. Uh, you know, I feel like there is that little bit of a Madonna whore thing going on. Uh, but, look, as Usher said, you want a lady in the street and a freak in the bed. And, yeah, yeah lap it up. I feel like he's enjoying it. So just keep going it. Just keep pushing the limits. And if you feel worried... Talk about it, but not in the bed. Like, talk outside of the bed. Yes. To see what level and stuff. Like, if it's just, like, a clit tickler, like, obviously that's going to do the best of things for both of you. So keep doing it. Yeah. Great Mm. advice. Yeah. Jeez. This is why we have you on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Busy week coming up again. Booked and blessed, Booked my and friend. Blessed. Yes, I am. Um, this week, I'm actually doing a private corporate Friday night. Very excited. Oh, lovely. Um, and I get to stay at my house because it's virtual. And then, Oh, it's virtual. I know. People can book me for virtual shows. It's so great. So, like... I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Oh. 
It's like COVID times all over again. You've pivoted. Yes, pivoted to the word <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> Saturday, I'm in Orange, Outback. So if you're listening from Orange, come to my show. And then back That's to going to be a bit chilly. It's Oh, I was in Dubbo on the weekend and it was freezing, minus two when I woke up. Okay, you're going to need some woolly tucking tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually so good when it's cold. Um, I feel like it starts tucking itself. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, so that's where you see me the next Wednesday at Overtime on Beaumont Street. Oh, lovely. Yes. Lovely. Okay, well, and uh, and then next Thursday, obviously, at Five Sawyers. Five Sawyers, yep. Yeah, uh, which is always a fun gig. Yes, love it. Excellent. All right, Timberlina, thank you so much again for your advice. We can't wait to see you next week. Yep. Have a fantastic weekend full of gigs and frivolity. Thank you. See you next week. That was Timberlina. You're listening to Lipstick After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Menage a trois, three-way, manwich. Whichever term you use, threesomes certainly get a lot of airtime in our internal fantasy reel, it would seem. A threesome is the most common sexual fantasy, according to a survey of 4,000 individuals carried out by the Kingsley Institute sex researcher, Dr. Justin Lehman, for his book, Tell Me What You Want. Of the highly diverse sample ages 18 to 87, 95% of men and 87% of women said they had fantasized about sex with multiple partners. In 2017, a US study with a national representative sample of just over 2,000 people found that 18% of men and 10% of women recorded having had a threesome in their lifetimes. Studies in the US and Canada have established that about one person in five has engaged in it in some form at some point in their lives, making it about as common as owning a cat. Interesting, right? But how exactly does it work in practice? Joining me now is couple Rachel and Mark who engage in threesomes within the confines of their committed relationship and also Rose who guest stars in those situations. For the purposes of protecting identity, we will be disguising voices and changing names for this interview, but I do want to sincerely thank you all for agreeing to be part of our discussion on Lipstick After Dark this evening. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to start with you guys, Rachel and Mark. So you guys are in a committed relationship, aren't you? Yes. Yes, yes we are. Okay. And how long have you been in your relationship? A fair while? A long time. Yeah, over six years. Okay, all right. So you obviously have had threesomes in the confines of your relationship. I'm interested to know how that came about. Did it happen by accident and it was something that you just kept going? Was it a discussion that you had? How did it How did it come about? It was, um, I guess we started off as a one night stand and we sort of discussed it on the first night and we just went from there. Okay, so it was right from day one, it was on the table. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. why I hung around. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no other qualities, Rachel, just that, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it was on the table from day one, was it something that you put rules in place about? No. Not really. We don't have too many rules. No. Okay, so just it's just organically happened. Yeah, and like we just sort of said, it's just sex, and when we're in, it happens, and that's it. Right. How does it happen? 
Like, do you do you um, have dating profiles, or do you seek it out when you go out, or how does that how does that come about? We only seek it out when we go out. Okay. We seek it out when we go out. All right. Yeah. And Mark, you have a, a really innate ability. Uh, you were telling me before we went on air to be able to walk into a room and pick which lady would be open to coming home with you guys to have a threesome. Yeah, that's a common occurrence. I can walk into a room. I don't know how I can do it. You have no idea. He's spot on. He knows all the time. Wow. Mm. I can even pick him from a picture. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Okay. That's incredible. And he proved it to me a few days ago. He said something to me about a friend, and then I found out that she was into girls, she was a lesbian, and I thought, oh, how does he know that? <laughs> well, that, that's quite time efficient, I must say. And Rachel, would you would you identify as bi? No, I wouldn't date a girl. You wouldn't date a girl. I think they call it bi curious. Okay, I like that. And would you? So you you have threesomes, but would you ever? There's a distinction between threesomes and polyamory, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Would you ever venture into polyamory? Is that something that you would do? No. Nah. Nah. No? Because that would be feelings. To me, that feelings wouldn't get involved. Yes. Whereas at the moment, we love each other. And if someone else comes into the relationship for a night, it's just a bit of fun. And then we don't talk to them again, generally. Right. We don't sort of go back to the second person. So if it was polyamory, there would be feelings involved. And that would just be too much for me, personally. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it is very much a physical thing for both of you. Yeah. It's just sex. Okay. Now... Obviously, I'm picking up that it is exclusively girls that you bring back to your house. Yeah. Would you ever consider bringing a guy in, going the other way? No, we spoke about that. That was that was uh, the boundary I wouldn't cross. Right. So that is something that you would you would draw the line at. Yeah, we spoke about that. That was one of the first conversations we had. And I said, if that's the that's the path you want to go down, then we just don't do it in general. Right. Why is that? Got no interest in it. Okay, so for you personally, that doesn't float your boat sexually, whereas for you, that actually stimulates you to have another girl. Definitely. Okay. And we had that conversation before we even kissed, like, even even met another girl. It was like, if you want to do it with a girl, but then you need me to return it with a guy, then we just won't do it with a girl ever. Right. So we had that conversation to start off with. Okay. And I think it's great that you're so open about and being able to communicate that way that's really that's really cool yeah and I think a lot of us are sort of in relationships that and we we can't have those honest conversations and I think it's so cool that you can yeah and there's also this um, I was doing some reading coming into the interview and there's a, a relationships and sex therapist um, she's quite famous called Esther Perel have you heard of her look her up she's uh, she does some pretty cool TED talks and she says that women get bored with with monogamy faster than what men do. And she also says that about a quarter of relationships invariably break up because of affairs. Mm-hmm. So do you believe that because you're satisfying your curiosity within the confines of your relationship and being open to do that, mm-hmm. that you don't look outside of the relationship for emotional connection? And we don't get bored. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. Okay, so Rose, you are on the other side of this equation, yes. aren't you? So um, there is a name for guest stars, I guess we'll call them. Mm-hmm. And I learnt this this week. It's always educational, this show. I learn so much each and every week. So would you like to tell us what that name is? I'm known as a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason you're a unicorn is because you're rare and hard to find exactly. and gorgeous. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I wondered where they got the name unicorn from, but that makes it's because we're elusive and hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> Your story is a little bit different. So you are actually in what you would what you would almost class as a relationship with a couple at the moment, aren't you? It's purely sexual, but it's only with one couple and yep. we've been seeing each other for about six months. Right. Yeah. Your story is that you were in a in a very committed relationship for a long time and when that broke up you decided that you would explore your bisexuality and that side of you, didn't you? Yes, that's correct. I was married yeah. um, for 13 years mm. and when that broke up, it was a pretty bad breakup mm. and I decided to do more for me and what I wanted in my life and that's what led me down the path to kind of explore this kind of thing. And you found it enriching and... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah empowering. Um, I don't know. It's just something that I feel like I've never walked away and thought, I, I, I'm, I was upset about doing that or sad about doing that. I've always walked around with a really positive um, attitude towards it and everyone that's been involved. Yeah. Mm. And and you found, like, it's, it's always been a respectful... Absolutely respectful. Yeah. If I felt like there was some form of disrespect happening, I would walk away. Mm. And I have met with couples before where I thought, this is not for me, they're not for me, mm-hmm. because I could see that kind of side of things um, and I just don't go there. It, it does, you just, it, for me, it, it's not just I just sleep with anyone. I actually like to meet these couples first, have a drink, you know, maybe a meal, see if we get along. And if that goes all right, then progress to the next kind of stage of maybe, you know, seeing how we go in the bedroom. Awesome. Okay. That's really cool. So let's talk about pitfalls. What could possibly be, um, and I guess when you when you enter into this, it's something that you've kind of got to think about. What would be what could be the pitfalls of of this type of arrangement? If people were at home thinking this is something that I'd like to try with my partner, what would your advice be to them in terms of keeping uh, your relationship together if you're in a couple or coming into a couple situation? What would your advice be to everyone in your experience? I'd say just be completely honest with each other. If something happens and you start to feel jealous for some reason, make sure you communicate it. And instead of for the couple, like with me and Mark, we set boundaries before we get into it. Like we were like when we first started happening, we're like, okay, this is we're open, we're going to do whatever. Um, But we needed to have that conversation first because you don't want to be in the moment and something happens and the girl goes, oh no, that's horrible, or something happens. So you need to set those boundaries before you step into something. What about you, Rose? I'd say the same being very open everyone needs to be open um I don't have any communication singly with either the female or the male. Right. We have a group chat and everything we talk about is all there for us three to see, mm. um, which I think helps avoid any jealousy or anything like that. If I did start getting feelings for one of them in particular, I would probably end it because that's not what 
they've brought me in for and that's not my aim either is to break up a relationship mm. that's the last thing I want to do mm. um, I'm more there to enhance their relationship and that's the way I look at it yeah isn't that interesting that in this situation there seems to be a lot of ethics a lot of transparency and you know a, a lot of uh, openness with everybody involved and I wonder people who were in couple relationships how many people could actually say that they were that open with their partners day to day not many no, yeah definitely not. not many yeah it's um that's so interesting I love that okay so what avenues you guys have have touched on that it's more when you go out and it, it's a one-off thing and it's not something that you necessarily enter into um, bringing a third party into your relationship as such it's it's a sexual act that is more often than not one-off so that's the avenue that you guys go down Rose what avenues have you have you used to sort of explore this side of your sexuality yep so there are some apps out there but there's also some Facebook pages as well and actually that's where I met this couple that I'm seeing now is through a Facebook a page um, for couples searching for unicorns. Right. And you find that, is it is it a nationwide group or is it... It, it was mainly a New South Wales group but it just happened that these people literally live like five minutes from where I live now and it was <laughs> like it was almost meant to be. So good. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's so good. Okay, so my next question is when you are in this relationship when in this relationship or or going out on a night and you and you hook up with somebody do you practice safe sex yes yeah yeah 100% of the time definitely 100% yep. not 100% let's be honest no, okay <laughs> I think the more you get to know, well, in my situation, more you get to know a couple, the less, the more you get lax with that, mm. for sure. You do. Yeah. 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 Okay. And have there ever been any situations where um, you felt uncomfortable? Yep. No. Never? Um, I have with one one couple in my earlier, when I was kind of getting into it at first, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of left mid activity I guess you would say because I just knew in my heart that this was not what I wanted and I didn't I knew that this this couple were not in a good place themselves mm. and for me that makes all the difference because it was like they were using me to try and fix something that was broken right and that wasn't going to happen yeah did you feel like it was the man pressuring yes exactly right like the, the female wasn't exactly into it and I don't want to be a part of that I, I want everyone that's involved to actually be enjoying themselves and want the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel that um, that recently there has been a bit of a shift in terms of how people receive information? I mean, I know it's not something that you share in your daily lives, but for the people that you do put across this, do you feel that there is more acceptance in society or do you still feel like you really need to hide it? Oh, we, we keep it pretty quiet. Um, people do know what we do, like a select few, not many. But I think a lot more people do it than what you think. Mm. Mm. Well, if these stats are anything to go by, um, yeah, as common as owning a cat. I would, I would believe that. I'd say <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat person, but I know a lot of people who do own cats. 
<laughs> we know a lot of people that have threesomes. <laughs> Good one. I like that. People, thank you so much for sharing this. This is what this show is all about, and it really is about lifting the lid on people's sex lives and their sexualities, but also embracing uh, difference and acceptance for everybody's sexual preferences. So I really, really take my hat off to you for being brave enough to come in here and and talk about this part of your lives. I believe that sexuality is part of each and every one of us and we are as diverse in our sexual preferences as we are in our personalities. So I really thank you for coming on to Lipstick After Dark and sharing that with us tonight. No worries, you're very welcome. Thanks for having us. You're listening to Lipstick After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? The world has changed a little bit in regards to dating. Now it's harder to get out there and meet people organically, particularly as we get a little bit older. That has seen a rise in dating apps such as Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, Plenty of Fish, eHarmony and Match. And with that comes a whole load of different problems. Don't believe the swipe people. Here is our resident sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, to talk about online dating. How are you going? Hi, Louise. This is probably something that a lot of people have either dabbled in or heard horror stories about in the past. It's a whole new world, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy out there. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is. So, uh, okay, so we're feeling a little bit lonely and maybe want a little bit of validation on a Saturday night. So we set up a Tinder profile. Now... Full disclosure, I've done it a couple of times and wow. (laughs) Uh, There are a whole load of uh, potholes to look out for in uh, internet dating, isn't there? Absolutely. And the terms for them now, ghosting, breadcrumbing, benching, catfishing, kitten fishing, it's basically almost normalising psychological abuse. It is. And so I just want to delve into a couple of those terms because I find them so interesting. So catfishing in the reading that I've done is someone who takes someone else's pictures and puts them up and pretends it's them and sucks people in with a charming looking profile and the guy on there is a real hottie and then you meet them and it's your worst nightmare. It's... It just must be absolutely shocking to go through that. But at least that's so obvious that hopefully most people when they're catfish go, oh, my God, even though you feel devastated because you think you've fallen in love maybe with someone online you've been chatting to for months yes, or something like that and you meet them and it's clearly not them, hopefully that's a clear sign to most people that this is not safe with a person that is lying to that degree. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, and I think you get pretty good at, at recognising catfishing because one Tinder profile I saw actually had a Calvin Klein model with the Calvin Klein logo on. 
<laughs> Not very smart there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, benching. Benching is infuriating. So benching is where you come in nice and strong and you date a few times and everything looks like it's going well and then all of a sudden you're benched. Yeah, you don't hear from them or it's not – well, you do hear from them but sporadically when it suits them. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as hardcore as ghosting where they cut you off cold, where you think you're falling in love and you both think you're enjoying the relationship and then suddenly no texts, no emails, no – no, nothing. No contact. Mm. So that's very traumatic for people because it's hard for people to get that level of rejection without going through a hundred scenarios in their head. Like, what What did I do wrong? Or we seem so happy. Or But trust me, you've got a lucky escape. If yes. someone goes to you, definitely, they're probably not got good healthy relationship skills to be with so Mm. but benching yeah it's a form of that so the person cools off after being really hot at the beginning and basically they're just keeping you on the side while they explore alternative options that they think might be better and if they don't work out they've dangled the carrot enough maybe to keep you warming on the bench for them Um, with or breadcrumbing is a similar thing. They'll give you enough breadcrumbs that oh yeah, I'd really love to see you. Maybe we'll go to a concert next month, but it never happens. So yeah, both of those things, yeah, are horrible. They're mm. horrible, yeah. and they're you know they're soul destroying. Yes, and the other one is orbiting, right? So. <laughs> So orbiting, for those of you who don't know, is someone who has cooled off and doesn't organise to see you, doesn't uh, go out of their way for you, and then infuriatingly likes your Instagram picture, looks at all your stories, interacts or comments on Facebook, and you're like, what? Does this mean they're still interested? Why are they doing this? I mean... We're grown women and we're analysing a bloody like on Facebook. For the love of God, how did we get here? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And that's what it does, these psychological mind games. They hook people in. And unless you're willing to, like, do a bit of research on – if you're really serious about wanting a – relationship or a serious relationship if you do your research on what a secure attached person looks like what they will behave like then you'll be able to spot it yes and if you have a look at what avoidant attachment does or insecure attachment does or anxious attachment you'll be able to spot them too but if you're just wanting to play if you're just wanting to have some casual sex the games won't affect you as much you might play a bit of them yourself and you know if they're some people can the younger generation have grown up with them might not hurt them as much but if you are wanting a serious relationship and someone's playing games with you that's when it can hurt both sexes really badly men and women or lgbti people or you know it's really hurtful if you're wanting something serious and you're being really honest about that and the other person is playing all these games yeah certainly they sort of recommend that you go plenty of fish or e-harmony if you're looking for something a little bit more serious you know you've just got to be do your research what that looks like a secure attached person is reliable responsible they answer your texts they don't play games after a date they're they're not looking at, they're not trying to play a game they don't they might text you the next day and say oh I had a great time are you free next Tuesday whereas they don't leave you wondering yeah yep. you don't have to overanalyze with a secure attached person you mm. might even imagine that they're a bit boring 
because you don't have to figure anything out. And particularly for people that have maybe grown up with a bit of dysfunction in their childhood where they're used to that high-intensity crisis, they're kind of wired for that flight, fight or freeze response is, you know, pretty often there in their nervous system. So so when they meet a healthy, secure attached, they might find them a bit too reliable or responsible or or caring or does what they say they're going to do, has a lot of integrity. You know, there's nothing, there's no intense highs or intense lows because it's healthy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shock horror. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we do with that? Okay, yeah. so what does avoidant attachment look like? I suppose avoidant attachment is, yeah, they, they w- might be really hot and then ghost you or, you know, always one foot in the door and one foot out. Dreaming of a perfect partner in their head that you never quite match up to. So they never quite commit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And all of them, I mean, avoidant attachment and anxious attachment are just wounds from their childhood attachment. So it doesn't mean they're all bad people, the people that are doing these things, but it's definitely, if you're wanting a serious, healthy relationship, you don't want to, I suppose, put your heart, invest your heart and your time and energy thinking you're going to change anyone else you just want to you don't want to fall in love with someone's full potential you want to uh and keep it slow when you're dating them if the the, one of the domestic violence red flags is that someone might move really fast and love bomb you and say oh yeah let's move in after three months or and let's have a kid after six months you know or join your finances together try not to do those things yeah <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're coming from. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, the takeaway from today is is that internet dating isn't necessarily bad, but look out for the warning signs. Do some reading on healthy attachment styles and I'm sure once you've done that, you can tell from messages where people are sitting on that spectrum. If you see avoidant attachment or anxious attachment, maybe... Uh, Run the other way, so. <laughs> or if you're both looking for fun, as long as you are genuinely just looking for fun, yes. Then, you know. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, Tinderinas. Hope that you find what you're looking for on your dating apps. Stay woke, everybody. This has been Gabrielle Laurie, a resident sex therapist for Lipstick After Dark. You're listening to Newcastle Live Radio. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark. Right here on Newcastle Live Radio. It's nearly time to say goodnight here on Newcastle Live Radio. There'll be plenty more fun, sexy and informative interviews for you in the next few weeks. So make sure that you tune in every Thursday from 8 here on Newcastle Live Radio. I'm going to give you a lipstick kiss and tuck you all in. My name is Louise Wilkinson. This has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. 